Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ is in an undisclosed location out on the road. BJ, how you doing on this Friday? Man, doing great, doing well, doing outstanding. Heard there was a little trade today with our uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. A little basketball news, a little trade uh, with Cleveland, Portland, and the Bulls. The Bulls have been very active in this offseason, and... Um, you know, they're moving some players around. Yeah, I saw, uh, you know, there was like a little round table. You know, we have all these shows on ESPN. There was a round table yesterday. I saw two out of the three pundits. I'm not going to say their names, but they said that the Bulls were winning the offseason. They make another move here. They get Laurie Markinen out, uh, get him to Cleveland. They bring in Derek Jones Jr. and a, and a pick as well. Um, and like you, t- we talked about this. They're, they're putting all their chips on the table. Um, and that's exciting for the Chicago Bulls fans who obviously you were there for three championships. They win six in total in the 90s. So these Bulls fans, you know, that have, have gone through that championship swoon period, they seem to be excited again, BJ. And that's good for the city of Chicago. Uh, we just saw Kanye West do a full Donda experience last night at Soldier <laughs> Field. You know what I mean? It does feel. Did you, I, did I saw you, Joe Kim Noah and Derrick Rose took a picture together. You know, Chicago's winning right now. It's a good day for, for all all the city of Chicago. Yes, yeah, interesting. Okay, Tay, I got a question. <laughs> okay, did you actually did you actually stream it? I did not. I did not. I, you know what I mean? You, you see the clips afterwards. I was at dinner. Um, I was having a great, nice dinner. So I, I streamed and, and saw some things after the fact. But I did not stream it live. Um, but this is number three. We, Kanye is a, is a genius at this point. He's just making merch sales. Uh, he's renting out stadiums. I mean, he's become his one-man band. And uh, did you watch it? Did you stream this? No, I did not. <laughs> okay. But I, I'm interested in the business model of it because... $7 million dollars in merch. That's what he sold the first time. Well, it's been reported. You know, it's been reported, you know, everything in the media. We can't believe everything they read. So it's been reported. Reports say there's seven million dollars in merch. Now, in order to have seven million dollars of merch, my question would be, where are they storing all of this merch? Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's just the old man in me. Yeah, I think it's just the old man. And then you have to be able to get this merch to the people. Right. Mm. And. You know, whether that's through like an Amazon type system where home delivery or. Yeah. So I I see the potential. I don't know if it's seven million. I I hope it is. I mean, what a great thing if you could. But, you know, when you peek behind the curtain, you always go, okay. in order to get sell seven million dollars worth of merch, there's a lot of moving parts behind that. Yeah. And there's a lot of marketing behind it because it does feel like we're, you know, Midas said this. Midas is obviously our, our music whiz here. And he told me a few weeks back that Donda was not going to drop until Drake announced when he was going to drop. And now it's official. Drake is going to drop September 3rd. Um, you know, a lot of people were speculating that Kanye will release his album Donda on the same day. It, it, do you, do you, are you enjoying the marketing of all this BJ? I know you're a true hip hop head. This, this is more hip hop. I wouldn't call this hip hop. This is hip hop. Um, but it's still, you know, a fascinating cultural conversation that we have going on right now. You know, there's, there's people that want to be in the Kanye camp. There's people in the Drake camp. I am more of the generation of the Kanye camp, uh, but Drake came on later in my life. So I, I don't know where I land on this, BJ. And, and the main question I have is, do we care? Are you in a camp? Or are you just kind of, like you said, observing the marketing behind all this? Well... You know, I want to be very careful and say this, <laughs> what I'm about to say. 
I'm from the era where there's no gimmicks, no tricks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm from that era where yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. gimmicks, <laughs> no tricks. Now, Tate, you know I'm a huge music fan, and you know I love me some music. Yeah. That's that's my first love. That's, you know, I'm from Detroit. That's Motown. You know, we mm-hmm. gave you Motown. We gave you cars, <laughs> you know, the automobiles. You know, music is what I do. Now, no gimmicks, no tricks. Put your project out because the 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 music should speak for itself. Mm-hmm. It's not what about what such and such is doing or the other. Put your music out. It's art. Yeah. And let the music, let the 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 art speak for itself. Mm. So that's where I'm. That's where I'm at now. All of the other things, I sit on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. I sit on the side. <laughs> put your put your art out. Yeah. Nas <laughs> Nas dropped the album. J Cole dropped the album. Kendrick Kendrick just came back with I, a single. I, I, now, I, but again, I respect the business aspect of all of this. Yeah. I respect all of a. But in this true essence, it's art. Mm. And I'm an art. You, like, <laughs> like, like my girl, Erica Badu said, you know, oh. I'm, a, I'm an artist now. <laughs> and we got our stuff. I'm an artist. It's always about the art. Mm. Mm. It's I always about the art. Yeah. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. all of them. That's, the, that's why I that's call your, it hip hop instead of hip hop. Yeah, that's you know your generation. I mean? This is your generation. Yeah. I'm going to stand on the sideline for this. But when the art drops, mm. I will be there front and center. Yeah. When the art drops, because mm-hmm. it's always about the art. It's yeah. never about the artist. It's about the art. Mm. So mm. that's where I stand with this. And now let's move on. <laughs> I feel that. that I feel that. What, I think it, what is I think the it art checks dropping? out. When is the art dropping? When yeah. is it? Put your art up. September 3rd, Certified Lover okay. Boy, dropping for Drake. Donda, TBD, may never drop, but we've had three, uh, you know, streamed experiences where we've heard, it's kind of amazing, we've heard three different out variations of the same album at this point. It does seem uh, like it's a, a, a work in progress. There's also this new... Um, you know, device that he's putting out where you can actually, you know, change the songs themselves. It, it's an immersive experience. You know what I mean? The the Don. So the experience. experience. If this is how the the one thing that's in our generation is different from this current generation is how you listen to music. Yeah. So we always listen, and when I was a kid, we always listened to music in group settings. Mm where you guys listen to music isolated isolated right i didn't listen to music in headphones i listened to music on my on my boom box yeah, yeah, yeah i listened to music and i had a sound system in my car i listened to music at house parties or da 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 doing things <laughs> so the way you listen to music is different so i actually respect the experiment of kanye because where and how are the consumers consuming this stuff yeah and and this generation my generation we all have like some sort of version of add you know there there is like a need for the experience to change and and to be the new new and to to get you going and that's why you know like Midas just said i mean he replaced jay-z on one of these songs with the baby you know what i mean it's like it, it's, it's it's an updated experience every single how, time that it's how happened. do you consume it how yeah. do you con- so for instance 
very rarely do you find in today's world someone your age actually listen to a project all the way through yeah okay so you know i grew up purchasing albums mm-hmm. so the artwork and listening all the way through was important you guys may just listen to the a verse yeah or, or or just the single or you may never listen to a whole project or yeah. the project is not like a project that really just a conglomeration of songs so it's just a different way to consume so i respect what kanye's doing i i respect until we know how the listeners listen which has changed drastically over the years it's an experiment so like i said but i just wait for the art to come out i'm all yeah. about the art I'm all about the art too. And, you know, we're not in a world where, you know, we're selling units, you know, of music. That's not where the money is made. It's made with merch. It's made with the experience. It's made with being this caricature, you know, who you are as a rapper, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a whole different lane, you know, it's hip hop, as I was saying before. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the difference between, you know, a Rakim or, you know, some of these, some of these, you know, usual suspects that we knew from back in the day. Even, I, I love that Nas just dropped the album, you know what I mean? And I also love that Kanye was like, I'm not going to drop the same day as Nas. I'm going to give him this stage. Um, so th- there is a reverence in the space. I think Jay-Z needs well, to be on this album. That's all I got to say. That's, that's my final note. Put Jay-Z on Donda, my God. Well, here's the thing. There's room out here for everyone. Everybody's got to so, eat. Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to say this. Like, so, okay, so, so like, Tate, like, it's just not rap. Mm. Rap and hip hop is two different. Yeah. It's two different it's genres two different at this lanes. point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then you have, you know, trap music. You have all these different genres of music now, or I should say different lanes of music. So hip hop will always be hip-hop and from everything else that comes from yeah so there's hip-hop and then there's rap and then there's you know whatever whatever these little subtitles of the music so but hip-hop will always remain so it's not like a cast of characters old school new school it's just the mc is the mc yeah that's why J. Cole's had the best hip-hop album of the year, you know, so far. Kendrick's coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there we go. That will never change. That that will mm-hmm. that part will never, ever change. Whether it's 2021 or 1985, it, it, uh, the MC and the music and the lyrics and the verses and da-da-da-da will never change, mm-hmm. you know? That, that, will, that, will, that will never change. And that's just why I love the music. So that's why I can respect it. I can respect all of these different, whether it's, you know, what y'all call him, Lover Boy now? Is Drake, is that his new name? <laughs> Certified Lover Boy, is that his well, name? Well, I, I, think, I think Diddy goes by love now. So I'm going yeah, to give yeah. Diddy credit so for being the original hands. Lover Boy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> Bad boy. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, I can respect it. Yeah. But from all of this, it all came from the same place, mm. hip hop, yeah. and then all of the other. This is this is what makes it such a beautiful, to me, genre. It's from all of this has come hip hop and R and B, R and B, and you know, 
West Coast, whatever it is. And like you said, it, it all, it, you know, Motown had a very profound impact on even the sounds that, you know, I mean, look at the stuff that Kanye samples and has always sampled. I mean, it comes from that Motown soul, that, that Detroit soul that, you know, helped. I love the samples now more than the music. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I respect the music. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. when you, when you get a chance to meet these people like Ninth Wonder, mm. And these people, Pete Rock, and these people who are out here and they have a, an appreciation of the music, then you have to take a deep dive into the music where it comes from. Yeah. You know, I love playing the original songs of my children's favorite song. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God, I didn't know yeah. that. that just, They're like, this is a Teddy I, Pendergrass it, song? You're like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, hey, hey, hey grandma used to grandma used to party to that you know what yeah, i mean they like what yeah, i was like yeah. yeah yeah that used to be you know so that's always fun to take a deep dive you know i love it when quest love does his little series he has where he goes behind the music mm -hmm. and he actually talks about the samples so i think that's critical for people that understand and love and appreciate music you know there's a deep appreciation into this it's not about who's better who's whatever it's just appreciate the art yeah if you appreciate art and you appreciate sound you the compositions of here and and how this really works you respect people's art man it's your art mm. i respect that and um so that's just my little two cents no and it's always you know when it comes down to your art i think one of the i saw vince staples you know his album just came out i'm a big vince staples fan and yeah vince staples, I, I like i like vince i like vince I, yeah. i'm a big vince fan too and i and i heard like an interview with him and he was just saying you know they were asking about the lyrics of his songs and he said you know the best advice i ever got from uh i think it was his manager Corey, who's also david Chappelle's manager and uh he said that he told me you know on these songs to talk how i talk you know what i mean and that people will be right. able to understand what i'm saying because i'm speaking like you know my language so to speak and that becomes a universal language and that is the beautiful aspect of music you know what i mean just that and, and being from different places and learning different verbiage and, and learning how you know what i mean it's just it can be a beautiful piece of art and well, it can also the, bring the people authenticity together. of your music of your art mm -hmm. is to me that's the most critical thing right if, yeah. if that's how they like when you listen to a j cole album I feel like you learn a little something about North Carolina. Yeah. When you listen to early hip hop, because it came out of New York, you know, you learned about the Bronx. Yeah, you learned about head. Harlem. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now nah, it's like I wasn't from Queens, but I learned about <laughs> Queensbridge. Yeah, I you're like just, yelling Queensbridge. Yeah, you're like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know, when when Diddy and them was saying Harlem World, you know, yeah. and all that. So you learn about these places, and you learn about from the South. Yeah, learn about Atlanta Coast, with Outkast. You know, yeah. yeah, West Coast. You know, when Too Short and them came, I was like, "Oh, Oakland." Mm -hmm. Okay, you mm -hmm. know, Detroit. You learned about Detroit when Slum Village and all of these people were coming out of there. So that's what makes you know Kanye has a strong ties to Chicago. Yeah, and he put on you know acts like Do or Die. You know what I mean? Some of the some of the acts that people didn't really know from Chicago right. he would you know like I remember that song higher in like 2004 you know he's on the yeah. hook of that and then brings it to the mainstream and then it's playing on TRL and then the white kids that had no idea who do or die are like oh I gotta dive into do or die and figure out who they you are gotta you gotta know? do you know you when you hear a, when you hear a comment you know yep. 
you gonna learn something about Chicago. <laughs> so th- to me, this is a, this is important. This is this is your art. This is your art. Mm. So now now the business has come into the art. Now this is the where the intersection where art and business are meaning up. And then now it's called something else. And I mm-hmm. just watched that. Yeah. But the essence of it is always hip hop. Okay. Mm-hmm. The essence of it. And this is why I respect people's art is because some of these young men and young women who are artistes, they're artists, they understand the essence of it, but they can water it down to get to the business of it. Mm. Mm. That's what I really respect about it. Some of them really understand the art form, but they can water it down to make it into a business. Yeah. And that, 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 that to me is what makes some of these artists like very unique. They understand where the art and the business come together and it's a fine line in there. Not many of them can walk it, but when you see it happen, you respect it. And I respect it to the utmost. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So you get rid of the clutter and the confusion and you get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to help save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Back to Pushing Through. To, to transition us into basketball, you know, that is what's happening in the NBA. I mean, these guys are, you know, I, I like to think Michael Jordan is an artist. You know what I mean? To have the vision to say, I jump in the air and I can float and I can move the ball and I can get, you know what I mean? That takes creativity <laughs> in my mind. That, that's what I, that's what I'm in love with. I, I love the create. I mean, Dr. J it's the same sort of deal. Pistol Pete, it's the same sort of deal. Earl, the Pearl Monroe Monroe, it's the same sort of deal. I mean, to have the creative, you know, vision to say, this is what I'm going to do with the basketball. And this is how I find space. Um, that is, you know, the, the art form of basketball, but there's also a huge part of the business side of this that comes in with the NBA. So you're playing on both sides of that too, when you're a top flight basketball player. And that's why 
we've heard over the years, you know, <laughs> rappers want to be basketball players, basketball players want to be artists. You know, you got guys like Dame Lillard who can do both now. Shaq did both. Um, but the NBA at large, we're in this dead period kind of right now. Um, and there aren't that many headlines, but everyone's kind of, you know, jockeying for position as we get ready for the season. What What is the main thing, B.J. Armstrong, as we sift through the headlines in the basketball world? Is there anything that you're waiting on? We talked about Ben Simmons on the last show, but is there, there any major headline in the offseason that, that has your eye? You know, I see Nick Van Exel, you know, goes on to be an assistant coach at the Hawks. I love that. I love Nick the Quick right. going to that staff, you know. So, But is there anything well, like that, that that stood out to you or that you're kind of keeping an eye on as we move into this you know, kind of two month period of, of off season, completely dead off season. Well, you, you know, well, you know, take, this has been interesting to watch now over the last two years. Right. So we get to the bubble yep. and then last season we play without fans at the beginning. And now we have fans uh, back in the building. So the thing that's been most interesting Tate, is how many teams now are all in mm-hmm. on trying to win. Because, Tate, we went from an era of tanking. We went from an era where there were really four or five teams you thought really had a legitimate chance to win every year. And that era was, you know, you had Miami in that era. You had the Golden State Warriors in that era. You had Cleveland Mm. with LeBron and, and both, you know, Miami and Cleveland. And so we went through an era where, you know, maybe OKC snuck in there for one year. But now, Tate, when you look at the league now, and I'm not sure how this occurred, there are more teams than I can recall that are all in. Tate, I mean, you're looking at the Bulls right now. You're looking at Miami right now. And I feel like I, you know, I say this now every week because I'm really impressed with the fact that now we're not into this era any anymore where tanking became like the way mm. now you see teams building the teams trying to win. Now, is that because of the parity now in the NBA? You know, there's a lot of talk now who's the best player now in the NBA, which to me is always good. It's always positive. Milwaukee is in the game. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are in the game. Phoenix is in the game. Brooklyn's in the game. Brooklyn is in the game. Utah's in the game. All of these teams now are in the game. Mm-hmm. Phoenix. You know, Golden, yeah, Phoenix. Golden State is like, okay, we're back. If we're healthy, we're back. We're in the game. So I'm really, really excited about this season because when I look at the teams, there's no clear-cut favorite. Now, you could say, well, if Brooklyn is healthy, da-da-da-da-da. Sure. But all the other teams feel the same way, right? All, all yeah. the teams feel the – you know, I was looking – I was I was watching – um this thing about the Boston Celtics yesterday. And I was like, we're not even talking about the Celtics. But the Celtics <laughs> got to feel good about themselves, too. They got Jason Tatum, all-star. I was going to say, they got Tatum two all-stars. Brown, all-star. Yeah. You know, they get Al Horford back there. They got Marcus Smart. They got them locked in. They're no pushover. I yeah. mean, this team could easily, you know, we don't even talk about Atlanta in the same category. They're all in. Mm-hmm. The Knicks, are they're all in. in. Yep. So I'm really excited about the parity of the NBA. I think this is going to be a terrific season because, Tate, it's going to be competitive for 82 games. Yeah. There's, it's there's, been a long time, Tate, since I've seen this many teams feel they have a chance to win. Hmm. You know? And it's not like Memphis is, like, not going to be a good team. I mean, they were in the playoffs a year this past year. 
I mean, we didn't even mention the Clippers. We didn't mention the Nuggets. I mean, Nuggets. <laughs> that's, that's the MVP, I, I really, and that's that's the guy I'm, who was the last Finals MVP before we got to the bubble and all that. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, th- this is these are these are very 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 good teams, very and I think for you and I, we talked about championship basketball. There's a chance that you have to play championship basketball in the regular season to make sure that you get home court advantage, so that you have a real shot to make a run. You know what I mean? Which is that's I, great for I basketball. Think, I think this year, unlike years past or over the last, let's just say the three-point shooting era, whenever that started. I think this is going to be the first year where teams are going to start playing playoff basketball or a different brand of basketball in the regular season. Because mm-hmm. with so many teams having such a premium on winning now... There's no time for caution. You, you can't sit back. Well, you can't just play pace and space. Mm-hmm. So I think the teams are going to start – you're going to start seeing like it used to be in in the 80s and the 90s where every team is going to have a different brand of basketball. Mm. Like, you know, like for instance, the Lakers had Showtime, but the Pistons had the Bad Boy. That was a different – that was a different brand of basketball. The Bulls had the Triangle, but the Dallas Mavericks played a different style. Mm-hmm. Okay, Golden State when Nelly played a different style than the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. And the New York Knicks played a different style than, say, the, you know, other teams. So the Utah Jazz had a different style. I think now teams are going to stop saying pace and space, because if you're going to if you're going to play a winning brand of basketball, every team knows that you can play the first you can play one way on the road, you can play one way the first two or three quarters, but fourth quarter winning basketball is a different brand. So I expect this year Tate the games to really mimic what the playoffs look like. Mm. I, 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 this is what I, this is what I'm anticipating. And the reason I say that is because, you know, you could have some really good teams that win over 50% of their games this year and don't make it to the playoffs. Well, and then I mean, we have the play in aspect, you know what I mean? We saw it yeah. last year. I mean, there's, there's a yeah, chance like, you like, get like a Grizzlies and a, you know, Blazers, right. Or the Grizzlies and the Warriors yeah, again. Port- something think like about that. this. Portland could not make the playoffs and Damian Lillard, was like he was unbelievable last year. Yeah, so, someone is not going to make it. So these teams are going to be playing with a sense of urgency that I think is going to be different than years past because you have more teams now that really have this optimism in the air. Like mm-hmm. Chicago has a lot of optimism now in the air. Yep. Okay, and with that optimism is going to become pressure. When they lose two or three games, there's going to be a pressure to win. There's going to be a pressure for them to be in the playoff hunt. And there's only so many spots, right? Everyone, and there's always that team that's going to overachieve that we're not talking about right now. And there's always going to be a team that's going to underachieve. Like a Toronto so, overachieve, so that that knocks someone down, you know, so they don't yeah, get in. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So I just think it's, I think it's going to be a great season. I think you and I, my friend, are going to be talking a lot about basketball. Uh, in this sense is that I think the game is going to revert back to what it used to be like maybe 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Because teams are going to be playing, coaches are going to have to start coaching a winning style of play if they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Right? Because these some of these teams are really good. You know, like you're just not going to go into Brooklyn and just beat Brooklyn and out-talent them. You're going to have to have a game plan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. 
you're not just going to have, you know, when you play against Joel Embiid, the Sixers, another team we haven't even mentioned, you're not just going to out-talent Joel Embiid. <laughs> okay? Um, and I think you're going to have to – they're going to need to win these games. These are going to be need games during the regular season. So I think this should be a fun season for the fans. I think it's going to be a competitive season. And um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure, whether some deservingly, some undeserving. But I think there's going to be a lot of people feeling the pressure to win and perform this year. And I will say, I mean, you you told me this before the start of the season. The the best player in the NBA is number 34 on the Milwaukee Bucks. I am fascinated to see what Giannis and this team looks like coming into this next season. Obviously, I, I think that they get to play almost free because they've gotten over that hump by winning a championship. I mean, their two guys, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, they send over to win the gold medal. They were solid, as, as can be especially Drew. And, you know, they are the team to beat, even though for some whatever reason, no one, as, they're not the favorites in Vegas. You know, when you talk to anyone about next season, they'll tell you that the Nets or the Lakers right. are going to win. I think the Bucks are in a great position to be able to go back and repeat just because they don't have the 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 pressure, so to speak, of everyone said it was a fluke, which is a, I, that's almost a nice, you know, space to be in when you talk about narratives and the pressure that comes along with being the champions. Most everyone has said, well, they wouldn't have been the champions if Brooklyn was healthy. Great. We'll see what happens well, this year. <laughs> well, when, whenever you, when you, when you do win a championship, normally what you do is you like to run it back. Yeah. But, you know, they yeah. lost P.J. Tucker. goes to Miami. They lost so. that. Exactly. So they lost P.J. Tucker. Now, P.J. Tucker, you look at the stats and you'll be like, oh, you can replace those stats. Well, the intangibles when you play winning basketball – those are things that are that are valued in winning franchises and winning teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, him guarding the other team's best perimeter player, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, yeah, exactly, and, and, and all this way that that will be lost. Now, I'm interested to see how they replace this player, and if this makes them a better team or not. Okay, so you know, a year ago, or two years ago now. The Lakers won a championship. And I told you here, I said, that team deserves to run it back. Yeah. Okay. You you always want to add to that. You 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 have your core, but then you want to try to add to that. Now they they're losing a starter on a championship caliber team. So that means someone's got to come in, replace, not only replace what he brought to that team, but hopefully that he will add to that. So I'm waiting to just see that aspect. I think Giannis and the team will be better because they will play with a, a, a champion. I think they'll come back with a championship caliber confidence. But in saying that, they're losing a huge defensive component mm-hmm. because PJ has the ability, and I, I wasn't in the locker room, to look like an emotional leader to me. You know, some guys, they, they everybody plays their part. You know, he reminds me, I play with a guy named uh, Cliff Livingston. Mm. Didn't put up stats, but he was a very valuable piece to all of our championship caliber runs because how he played and what he did and the energy that he brought. So P.J. Tucker, to me, brought that because that's a big responsibility of just taking on the challenge of guarding the other team's best player. I mean, you just don't like say, well, who you got today? I got Kevin Durant. You go, oh, okay. So you have to prepare for that. And you have to want to be in the fight. I mean, he he is not afraid yeah, to be you, in the fight. You, you have to prepare for Devin Booker. You have to prepare to guard 
those players. You know, you prepare to guard Trey Young and, you know, those, those players, you know, Luka Doncic. So, you know, I, I think they're going to need that component to replace. Now, I don't know who's going to step up and do that, but they're certainly going to need that player on that end of the court so that Giannis, who is a phenomenal defender in his own right, Drew Holiday, who's an incredible defender in his own right, but you need that other player that you can give these other offensive players multiple looks. And P.J. Tucker, was he's a unique player in that regard. And kudos to Pat Riley for knowing that he was a big part of that championship run and making sure that he stole him away. I mean, if I felt like P.J. Tucker was still you know, sipping the champagne from the championship parade, and then he was already getting signed by the Miami Heat. You know, I mean, that... That's good. You know, we talk about positioning uh, in in the Eastern Conference as you're trying to bump yourself up. I mean, Miami, they get Kyle Lowry, uh, and then they also get P.J. Tucker, and they also are a team that went to the finals in the bubble. So they, they have obviously bumped themselves up trying to get in that upper echelon, and, and I thought that was a, a chess move, so to speak, you know, by Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. Well, Pat Riley just added two championship-caliber players to his team. I mean, yes. think about that. P.J. Tucker, champion. Kyle Lowry, champion. I mean, that's invaluable experience that he's added Mm -hmm. to his group. So clearly, they're letting you know what they're about this year. (laughs) You you don't add those players at their age to come in and talk about we are, you know, we're we're rebuilding. We're all in. Mm -hmm. So I respect that. You know, Bam should be a better. He's. I mean, he seems like he improves every year, but I think he'll be better because of the the Olympic uh, experience. You know, I, I think Jimmy Butler will, will come back and he will be ready to gain, you know, regain his form of what he showed in the bubble. I mean, he was playing at a very high level. Yep. So I, I like their team. I like what they've done. And uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a very competitive year. Well, uh, BJ, the, I think this is good for a nice little Friday, you know, NBA news dump, letting people know what's going on in the world. Is there anything else uh, on your mind before we get out of here? Well, Tate, when you're in water, my friend. You got to make waves. Uh, This has been pushing through. I am Tate Frazier. He is BJ Armstrong. We will be back next week to let you know what's going on. Uh, You know, during the dog days of summer, as we move into the football season, BJ, we're so close. It's almost there. I can't wait. The Lions there. You you have Charger tickets, right? Then you get Charger yeah, yeah, tickets. Yeah, yeah, season tickets. Yeah, first game is against the get, Cowboys, September nineteenth. I got to get. I got to get to the Ram Rams Lions game this year. I got to. I got to get my tickets. Lambs Ryan. Lamb Rams <laughs> Lions. What yeah, I said, Lambs. Yeah, <laughs> Lambs and Ryan's. That sounds like a good match. <laughs> <too. laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you early next week. Thanks again for listening to Pushing Through. <laughs>